Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sauce in the City. Today, I'm so excited to be here with singer and songwriter Noah Khan. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being here. This is really, really awesome. So let's start out with the basics. Where are you from? How old are you? Where'd you grow up? What's your story? Um, I am from, I grew up in Stratford, Vermont and Hanover, New Hampshire. Uh, so Stratford is a town that kind of borders the New Hampshire, Vermont uh, border. And I uh, grew up on like a 150 acre farm in Vermont and also like a little townhouse in the town of Hanover. So very small town. Um, and I yeah, just grew up there playing soccer, going to school and doing the white person <laughs> suburban life thing. How far are like the two areas? I know nothing about that. Um, so I was born in Stratford and it's a town of about a thousand people, very small, uh, but it's about an hour away from, uh, any like really major civilization. So we moved to Hanover, which is like 45 minutes from, from Stratford and, uh, went to Hanover high school, which is Hanover's a bigger town. It's home to Dartmouth college and it has about uh, 10,000 people. So, Oh, right. I've actually been there for crew a crew uh camp yeah it's it's a, it's a pretty cool city it's like a very nice new hampshire town but uh stratford is where i was born and we would kind of go weekends to stratford and, and weeks in hanover cool what what was it like growing up in vermont slash new hampshire like on a farm um i mean it was it was pretty alike to any other you know childhood i think uh in any kind of middle class childhood but i uh had a lot of space to do whatever i wanted we have 150 acres of like trees and and kind of woods to explore so it's a lot of kind of outdoor time and and being out in nature and uh kind of being alone a lot and having a lot of isolation and and a little bit of loneliness which i think kind of like lend itself to where i ended up as a musician um i just grew up kind of having a connection with nature and feeling like the outdoors is my home that's awesome yeah it's so beautiful up there i'm just recalling when i was there over a summer and when did you start getting into music were you always into it? Like, where, yeah. that, where does that come from? So, I, I mean, I started playing music when I was, like, started singing when I was, like, eight years old. And I was so, so shitty at it. It was crazy. But I, like, just really wanted to be a singer. And, like, I would listen to my mom's iPod. And she had all these, uh, like, she had, like, Cat Stevens and Paul Simon. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, just the coolest shit ever. So, mm-hmm. I would, like, I was just trying to, like, emulate them as a little kid. And uh, the results were, like, insanely depressing. I would just write, like, super depressing songs in my room <laughs> without any guitar or, like, melody, really. And then, like, try to practice them at, like, my school talent shows. And I, I remember playing my first, the first time I ever performed was at my, like, elementary school talent show. And I sang a song I wrote called Wednesdays are the Worst Days of My Life. <laughs> and I, like, finished the song and it was, like, stunned silence. And I was like, oh, word, dude, I just fucking crushed that. And, like, an hour later, like, the school therapist was like, yo, we're, like, we're putting you in therapy. Like, that was the saddest shit anyone's ever heard. Like... You cannot have all these feelings for an eight-year-old kid. So that's so funny. Yeah, so I started off. I started off and like just writing sad songs when I was eight, and I wrote. A, my mom's an author, so I like oh, she cool. inspired. She told me to write every day, and I started writing music every day, and uh, I just continued to do that like throughout my childhood. And oh, that's really cool. Is she, um, is she like a fictional writer? What is she? My mom yeah. wrote. Um, she did a little bit of fiction, but she was mostly historical nonfiction and also like advice books. She wrote these books. Uh, Teach, it's like the teaching your kids series so she like was teaching her kids about sex and like teaching her kids manners and it was like super funny because she would use anecdotes from like our our childhood in the books and that's so, and they wild became, like, bestsellers in like china so like a bunch of like chinese kids are reading about me like 
like asking what my penis was for the first time. So <laughs> just like ridiculous stuff that like was super embarrassing, but like really funny because she has a great sense of humor. And yeah. wow, that you must have had like a really fun childhood. Yeah, my parents were definitely very like, like very hippies? creative kind of hippies, but like like hippies weekend hippies kind of like my mom and dad both worked. Obviously, my mom an author and worked at a public company. My dad was a computer as a networking engineer. So both like very intelligent, educated yeah. people, but are just like very funny self-deprecating like free-spirited people so like dinner at our family at our house is just like everyone roasting each other and like, <laughs> telling jokes and it's just it's just a scene for sure and so you were always like it kind of attracted to the more folks music and trying to think of sorry you're 24 23 23 so like same age as me as opposed to i'm trying to think of, like what was popular when we were young like pop yeah like when we were growing up i mean the first the first like record that I like really connected with that wasn't like an older classic record was American Idiot by Green Day, mm -hmm. um, and kind of I got really into like the Good Charlotte and like the Simple Plan, you know, yeah. like the very angsty, <laughs> the like, black emo parade. pop. Yeah, oh my God, My Chemical Romance, fuck me up. Uh, so I listened to that kind of stuff all the time, and I was really just into like the emotional stuff. And uh, it just happens the first guitar I started to play was an acoustic, and so I think like emotional acoustic music kind of lends itself to the folk space a little yeah. more. And, as I got older, I started to explore like Bon Iver and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and uh, like the Bright Eyes and bands like that that were more folky, acoustic based. So I kind of started to write in that way. And that's the stuff that really uh, took off for me creatively. That's awesome. And sorry, I, well, going back to worst, the Wednesdays are the worst day. Yeah. What did your how did your parents react when you were writing all these really sad songs as an eight year old? They were just like, what the fuck? Well, I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they would just be like, yeah, it's really good. Like. But also, like, are you doing okay? And, like, what's going on in your head that you're writing this shit down? I was, I don't know. I, I, I would think, like, growing up from a young age, like, I was always, like, a little bit, like, emo and depressed. And, like, it was just, like, the way of expressing it was, like, writing these really sad songs. And I was just, like, such a little kid that it just came as a surprise to them that I was, like, had so much going on in my head. And, like, yeah. Because, like, I was, when you're a little kid, like, you don't know how to express those feelings. You, like, it kind of comes out in action. And I was just, like, write, I was writing just depressing songs to get my feelings out, I guess. Uh, yeah, my mom was like, yeah, like try, always trying to like push me in like a more like positive direction. She's like, why don't you write a song about like how cool your day at school was today? <laughs> I was like, no, no way. We're writing a song about like a rain, a rainstorm today, <laughs> or we're writing a song about how Wednesdays suck. I don't care. I love that. So when did life as a musician really take off for you? And what was that like? Um, I guess, I guess it kind of all started when I was, I guess, I, I, there's a kind of a couple different phases of my like breakthroughs I guess in my music career and I spent a lot of time like I said writing this every day and playing I started to put my songs on SoundCloud with the help of some friends who would produce them for me kind of like EDM type production and with the folk the folk EDM thing that like Avicii was really doing at the time and we we're trying to emulate that a little bit and uh, we were putting these songs on SoundCloud and they started to get like a lot of local mm -hmm. traction like people were like oh like you're not just that like weird Jewish kid that annoys me in math class like you can actually you can actually sing and like play and so I was getting like some traction locally and and doing a lot locally with musicians and then um like randomly one of the songs that I put on SoundCloud was called Sync just started to like blow up on SoundCloud uh and a music manager from New York reached out and uh was basically like the moment of like hey like I think you can really do this I manage all these people and I would love to come to Vermont and like meet you and like convince you to do this as a career because I think you can really do it and I mean I immediately was like this dude's for sure a pedophile I'm not gonna <laughs> respond no chance 
anyone cold the cold emailing like a 16 year old kid is definitely either like a liar or trying to have sex with them so i didn't, <laughs> I didn't respond for a couple of days and i just kind of waited on it and then i talked to my mom and she was like listen he may be a pedophile but we have to take a chance because this is like your time you're getting the traction so we responded to him and he ended up not being a pedophile but he came to vermont and uh we met him and at a restaurant and he kind of kind of explained to me how we how we thought i could pursue a career in music and uh he ended up like bringing me out to la and we recorded the song that he really liked sync and then we played it for republic records who he had connections with and they uh offered me a record deal so that's kind of how that all started it was like really quick like a week basically of turnaround between like me getting in touch with this dude and getting uh an offer from a record label that's wild so what so your parents are really supportive it sounds like yeah, they were, I mean, this is like, has, this is my dream, always had been my dream, and they knew that, and also, they, we have, I have three siblings, and, like, college is expensive, and I had, so I had a, I had an, I got accepted at Tulane, Oh, cool. and so, it was kind of like, all right, do you want to go to Tulane and, like, drink for four years, and we have to spend $63,000 a year to send you there, uh, to end up being a musician afterwards anyway, or do you want to, like, take this record deal now, this, like, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and, like, and kind of chase this down, and, uh, it was really kind of an easy call for them, and yeah. the, they were very supportive. And yeah, they've been supportive the entire time. Like I think they're just stoked they don't have to pay for me to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's so awesome. I feel like it's rare that you you know your your um, that parents see that potential of something, and obviously it you know carried out. So in a week, as like so, you were sixteen, and in a week, your like life changed. What was that like? Yeah, I think I was seventeen actually. I think I was a senior in high school, but um, I mean it was. It was just nuts. Like it, f- it literally felt like I was living, like in a movie. It felt like I was in a movie about a kid who gets his dream realized. And I was kind of trying to just the way I was handling. It was I was just dealing with it as if it was fake. And I was just like, well, what would the person in the movie do? Like they would kill this audition and they would crush this song and they would write this great song. And I started to kind of play it like that. And I just didn't let myself think about it too much immediately. That obviously it changed later as things become more real. But in those first few moments, I was just trying to just trying to take it as it came and uh it was insane i mean it was hard to explain people didn't really believe me that it was happening like my friends didn't believe me and my friend's parents heard i wasn't going to college and the town i'm from is so it's like the pressure to go to school and go Mm -hmm. to school i'm sure as you guys as you guys know is so intense and so people were like oh my god he's not going to school like this idiot like what are you doing like you're You're like the high school dropout yeah literally people like were i was like I feel like people thought I was a burnout a little bit because they were like, oh, you're not going to college to do music. Like, good luck, you know? And it was hard to explain. I'm like, no, I got like a record deal <laughs> from like Drake's label is like signing me. Like, I'm actually doing something cool. And it was hard to, it was hard to really show that to them for a while because it just, the period between signing and like actually releasing music was so long. So those first few, those first few weeks were scary because there was a lot of, there was a lot of doubt, but it was also just like a surreal experience. So surreal. So Crazy. did you stay in LA or for a little bit or did you write in so I sure. I was in uh, at that time we had moved full time to Stratford. Uh, so I was in Vermont, but I would take like two week trips to Nashville and L.A. to write and do like co-writing with people, uh, which was really fun and cool and and special because I would never have gone to L.A. or Nashville otherwise. So it was, it was kind of a unique experience being able to go to these new cities and like write with big songwriters who had like plaques in their walls and and like, I don't know, just collaborate because I never collaborated and with my songwriting before so it was an interesting experience how what does your writing pro- process look like? like how do you think of your songs what inspires you I'm, I'm pretty inspired just by day-to-day life in general like 
my kind of experience in whatever's happening in my life. Like at at the time that I started getting my deal and writing songs, I was kind of writing songs about the experience I was having, you know, being someone that felt overwhelmed by, you know, this new world I was jumping into, moving to a, trying to balance my life in these new cities and learning to like navigate the world of music industry. And those are kind of songs, those, those kind of, those ideas found their way into my music. Uh, so I, I try to write about whatever's going on and uh, the writing process is, is varied. Sometimes I have like an idea I know needs to get down and I'll, it'll come out all at once or sometimes I'll kind of have to tease it out with, with melodies or some cool chords in the guitar and uh, it really depends but the really great songs I think come quickly and come without thinking. Do you find that process to be cathartic? I for do. Like singing in general? I really do. I think when I write a song that I feel like is really truthful and actually speaks to what I'm going through it it just takes it in an immense weight off my shoulders and mm-hmm. songwriting so personal and so challenging that when you finally do kind of crack the code on a song it, it just feels like an, an insane amount of weight off off of my back and it's a pretty hard feeling to describe it's just like undeniable success is it's really nice yeah that's a good way of putting it i mean it's funny because i've talked to people who do all different sorts of art in a way and even though you know <laughs> podcasting isn't an art per se just sure the it act is, it is. in its own way it's a you know a means of expression it's a good way of putting it but I find it so cathartic just to talk about things over the microphone and just letting them be as opposed to holding them in. And like, I'm a very open person regardless, right. but even though I'm talking to a number of strangers who are going to hear this Monday, like it just feels good to let it go. Yeah. There's like, you're speaking something into existence. Like, be yeah, it, exactly. Be it like on, on paper, or like with your voice or into a song, like you're saying something that is inside of you. And that is like in itself cathartic. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think podcasting is an art. Like, it's an art to get of the, co- the art of conversation is is difficult. And, True, that's know, a really good way of saying. It's definitely, it's definitely cathartic. Um, and even it sounds like even at a young age you were <laughs> talking about like the hard things in your life via song. So, did you continue to do that as when you were, you know, record had a record signed and a label signed? I don't even know. That. Right. Yeah. So, um, as I said, like my kind of like human experience I guess a very annoying condescending way to say it. my human experience was like what found its way into my music and I've dealt with uh, a lot of like depression and anxiety and that has obviously found its way in, into the songs so I like to write about what I'm going through and those are things that I really do go through so they have always been a part of my songwriting process and I've always kind of shaded it as they shade everything in my life they also shade the way I write music and and the words I say so yeah I definitely I definitely write about depression and anxiety a lot, and I think it's important to do so. Definitely. Do people reach out to you at all about those songs? I do. Uh, people, sorry, people do a lot. Yeah, a lot of a lot of folks have connected with the songs I've written about anxiety and depression because I think so many people are going through it, and mm-hmm. having someone that you you like or whose music you like speak about something that you're directly going through is is really personal, and people have shared that connection with me, and that means a lot always. Definitely, and do. People, either people who are close with you or fans, reach out when, you know, you, because I know your n- latest album has, you like opened up that there were songs more personal, more sad in that, and that you were going, like, that were, fl- were reflecting things you were going through. Do people reach out being like, is everything okay? Or 
Yeah, they do. And it, yeah, it's weird. The people do reach out all the time, like asking if I'm all right, like random strangers. And it's kind of weird because it feels like I'm like, oh, I don't need you to ask if I'm OK. But like in when I listen to my songs, I'm like, oh, damn, this does sound like a cry for help. But I <laughs> but it's more just like I'm putting down what I'm feeling and and I'm getting the help I need and I know how to get myself help. But people do ask me if I'm doing all right, which is always cool because it's uh, it's nice to see people caring about each other on the Internet because you don't really see a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. And what advice would you give to people, specifically guys who maybe you know, don't aren't musically talented, don't have a passion for singing and songwriting, but like to have that same kind of, you know, cathartic feeling and getting that those getting their thoughts and feelings out? Yeah, mental mental illness among men is and, and women, but particularly young men is, is an epidemic and. The suicide rates are much, much higher for young men than they are for anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's really important to reduce the stigma and reduce this idea of suck it up, you're a man. Um, that just seems to be so prominent in Western society and wherever society, everywhere. So I think my advice has always been to anyone struggling with, with mental illness is not being afraid to ask for help, be that through therapy, be that through medication, or, or just be that through talking to an adult that you trust about what's going on because it's it's one of those things that these problems seem so huge in your brain uh and so real and your brain tricks you into thinking that these problems are going to be the rest of your life that when you finally speak to somebody about them they become smaller and when you speak them into existence be it by writing it down or speaking to somebody or or getting more serotonin in your head uh you reduce their gravity and their size and i think it's important to, to talk to somebody definitely and yeah and just and there's no right way to, to get help, just asking for it and figuring out what the right way for you is is the most important first step. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, therapy is great, and everyone should. I mean, it's expensive, but it should be. Right, expensive. yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but kind of going back to your own personal experience, did after, so let's say you're like 17, you know, your career's taking off. Was there ever a point where you were kind of riding a high and all of a sudden, like, I don't know, you got – too overwhelmed whether it be with touring or songwriting or something like that yeah i think it was like two and a half years of like non-stop touring and wow and like kind of non-stop just go 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 me 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 you know a lot of a lot of this stuff i've done has just been about me and a lot of focusing on me and what my image is and what my brand is and how i should say things and how i look and i didn't really realize what that was doing to my my psyche a little bit until this past like year and a half of like slowing down for a second and taking a second after the record was out to really recalibrate. And, um, I think it was like a really damaging time for me to, I had a really big song that did well globally. So I was traveling the globe basically to promote it and the travel and the kind of like ego ride that that took me on was, was, uh, was costly. And, uh, there's definitely a moment. There's been moments of, recalibration and thinking about what my values are and and uh who i am without success and who i am without constant focus on myself and it's been it's been a time of like contemplation in that way interesting so when you said it was like all about you do you think that was getting to your head or i think it's like you you think of the classic scenario if we're thinking about my life as a movie which is how i <laughs> talked about it earlier <laughs> like you have the start where you get the record deal and then you have the climax which is me fucking it all up and becoming an asshole and 
getting an ego and like losing all my friends and family. And that's not really how it happens. It, and I don't think it happened that I got a huge head It more just when people are telling you all the time how great you are and people, and you also are also struggling with mental illness as a side, as a sideline thing to that. You, it's really hard to figure out what the truth is and the truth you're telling you tell yourself and the truth that they're telling you. And you, you try to, you try to square those two things together and it can become, it become toxic and, and hard. So That's I was really true. Yeah. So I was like, I was depressed all the time, but I was having people tell me that I was great. And then and I people felt are like, cheering at night. Yeah. It's like literally, right. and you don't know whether to believe yourself or them. And it literally is kind of like cinematic in its own way. It yeah. is. It's scary. And it's scary to go out every night and you know that there's going to be at least a thousand people screaming for you every night. And then you're going to go home and have to be by yourself. And it's just a, the contrast between those two feelings is, is insane. And I liken it, I liken touring to doing drugs because you're, you're getting this really crazy high and you're just dropping right off to zero and the hangover is really intense and, uh, it can be really hard for people and, and touring artists struggle with, with that feeling of the drop off all the time. And that's something that I definitely, I definitely really struggle with. That's so interesting. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how someone could like, not like your music, but there are people out there who just like to shit on others. And yeah, yeah. how do you deal with any negative comments on the internet or in person? Oh, uh, that shit's hilarious. Like I, <laughs> I got like a bunch of, I got one of my song hurt somebody like did really well in Amsterdam. And I guess there are just a bunch of like psychos in Amsterdam. Cause like <laughs> I got like a lot of death threats specifically from Amsterdam. And oh I like, God, I thought that was such a nice city. I was like, I know it's like the most beautiful fucking city in the world. And like, everyone's like, I want to kill you every time I hear your song on the radio. I'm like, it's like the most inoffensive song ever. Like, how are you mad at me right now? <laughs> It's, I think that I, the haters, the, the hating stuff, I rarely get a lot of hate, but when I do, it's just, I know it's, it's sadder yeah. for the folks that are hating than it exactly, is for me. Exactly, the projection. Yeah, it's like, are you, are you okay, brother? Like, you want to kill me because you heard a, a song with three chords in it in the radio? Come on. So, yeah, so, <laughs> so that's just, that doesn't bother me as much, but it's, it's mostly like. Maybe they're on something. It is Amsterdam. I mean, yeah, they're probably high, honestly. <laughs> and like, if you're getting high and sending death threats and like, you just need to stop smoking weed for a little while. <laughs> yeah, that's. Wow. Come that's to like <laughs> Detroit and humble yourself. In fact, yeah. in, the, in like in a real American city. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. The hate the haters don't bother me at all. And I just rarely get them. I think the more the hate, it's just a symptom of like being successful and like having done the right thing is if people are hating on you, then your music has reached a whole new group of people. Yeah, and, like, exactly. And this shit's catchy. So like, even if you hate it, like I know it's getting stuck in your head and like, there's a chance you're going to stream it. So <laughs> please keep hating. So yeah, please keep hating. Keep please. streaming. That's so great. How do you stay humble? Like, you know, after this, like, what recalibration do you do? And then, um, well, I, I go home to Vermont where I'm from and I spend a lot of time with my friends and my family and the people that have known me forever. And I just try to be the person I was and have always been before I kind of take these, these giant leaps into the unknowns of like ego and touring. So I, I, I just go home and I talk to my folks and hang out with my dogs and, I try to read and just not let, I don't know, the life I'm living be in my brain all the time. It's hard. It's, you know, it's hard just constantly reminding yourself of what you care about and what's, what's of value to you and, and not losing sight of that as you, as you go farther and farther into the career. Yeah. Well, it's nice that you have a place that is so beautiful and peaceful to go to. And then it happens to be where your family is, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's really nice to like, I go from, like we're playing in big cities and then just going to like a little farm is like the most humbling thing ever. And like my dad picks me up in like his minivan from the bus station and like tells me my room's dirty or like that. I like 
I'm doing something wrong. I'm like right back to where I was before. It's it's a quick transition, so it's it's easy to it's easy to stay grounded when you go home. That's great. What's it like? Sorry, these are all just all over the place. I'm just thinking of things, but no, of course. What's it like collaborating with other writers and singers? Like for some of your songs, I know you've worked with um, like Queen ninety two for a song and right. things like that. Like, do you find that they are going through similar things? Like, or what do you talk about with them? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I like I think most artists are like especially in like the like the song singer songwriter world are like going through a lot of the same things. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to talk to somebody who like th- it's a very unique experience and having someone who shares that unique experience is, is really important because you're able to kind of bounce feelings off of each other. And, um, you know, working with Quinn and and getting the chance to work with someone who I really look up to and finding out that they're like a real human being that has thoughts and fears and doubts like me is it's really refreshing and, and, and nice because you got to kind of demystify these these really yeah, and relate to someone these who's really heroic people to you mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, and like they're going through similar things and can actually relate to that touring high and low and things like that. Exactly, and it's 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 really nice to be able to have that kind of conversation with someone and just be like, hey, like, is this shit crazy? And they're like, yeah, this <laughs> shit's crazy, dude. Oh my god! And you're like, holy shit, I know. And then you got to have that connection with people because you lose that with your friends and your family because they're just not going through it. Yep. So having those those moments of like, oh, you get this and I get this. Let's talk about it. It's nice. That's awesome. If you could collaborate with anyone, who would it be? With anybody in the world, dead or alive? Sure. Okay. Well, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably collaborate with the Beatles. <laughs> I'm not sure if they would want to collaborate with me, but I would. Okay. I would sneak my way into the writing room somehow. And if I could collaborate with someone alive, I would probably want to work with um, Bon Iver. It's like my all-time favorite. Love Bon Iver. Uh, like my all-time favorite artist. So I think great. your voice and I. I it would be really cool to hear you and like Maggie Rogers sing. I'm like I met her the other night. I was playing a show at Pianos, and she was just like randomly like playing with one of the people that was yeah. I saw performing. your your Instagram story, and I was like, oh dude, that's this this girl sounds just like Maggie Rogers. <laughs> like no way. I'm like, dude, she looks just like Maggie Rogers. And like <laughs> seriously, like I didn't put the pieces together even then. I was just like looking, like damn, this girl sounds and looks like Maggie Rogers. <laughs> There's a Maggie Rogers lookalike at the show right now. Then until Singing? I met her afterwards, she was like, my name's Maggie. I was like, oh my god, you're <laughs> actually Maggie Rogers. Holy shit. That's so funny. She's so great. She's amazing. Yeah, She's did you know she, she went to my high school? She moved me in to, to my boarding school. In Maryland? Delaware. Wait, did you have a class with her? My my cousin taught math there. Jo- yeah. Jory. Jory Khan? Yeah, it's my cousin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Wait. Oh my god, Mr. Khan is Mr. your Khan, cousin? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's a pretty unusual last name. Oh, my gosh. My mind is blown. Yes. So you had class with him? Yes. I love Mr. Khan. No he way. He went to Tufts Med. He did. Yeah, he did. That's my uh, cousin. That's my cousin, Jory. He lives, like, in Norwich, Vermont. Or he used to live in Norwich, Vermont. Oh, my gosh. My mind is... So, everyone no loved way. Jory Khan. Everyone he, loved him. Yeah, because he's, like, the handsome, like, yeah. gla- nerdy glasses Jory. I love my... That's my man, Jory. That's Wait, crazy. Shout out, George, shout out, Mr. Khan. Shout out, yeah, shout out, Mr. Khan. I like that. <laughs> yeah, but okay, so he had Maggie as his student too, and I mean, she was two years older than I was, but yeah, he was always he was always bragging about her at Thanksgiving. He's like, yeah, I know Maggie Rogers. Like, I taught her. Was it math? Yep. Yeah, he's he like, I taught her math. That's crazy. Oh my god. Wow, <laughs> wow what a small world. Small world. Holy oh shit. Gosh. Well, how uh, was she? How was she in like high school? Was she a cool person to be around? Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I uh, have any classes with her, but she was super nice and just so talented. It was I mean, like you knew. Yeah. 
it was one of those things where it was like she will be famous or if she's not she should be famous kind of thing right right she was just really always but on the trajectory yeah my best friend was like in the acapella band with her so nice it's it's pretty crazy just seeing her now on like the radio and being like well do you still keep in touch no no but um my drop a like on instagram every once in a while like, i'm like i know well, you one we once um you know we have like a painting together on the school and things oh, like sick. that you so. collabed with Maggie Rogers. Insane. I know. How was that collaboration? What was that experience like for you? <laughs> so it was <laughs> really memorable. I obviously. I always about. wonder about like what it was like to be like with people who became famous like in high school. Like what that is like. So like basically, what it'd be like to be a, a classmate of yours. <laughs> like <laughs> I like was an absolute idiot in high school. I always think about that. I'm like people like <laughs> I just such at odd. Like I was so obnoxious and like loud just because I'd grown up there my entire life and like. That's why I'll write these like really sad songs. I feel like people from my high school are like, dude, what are you doing? Like, who are you now? <laughs> no, that's great. Okay, so I always end with these like these deep questions because I think they're interesting. I need, really need a way to like ask that without it just being weird. No, of course. <laughs> no, it's been great. Okay. Natural. If what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today? Um Huh. I think, I mean, there's a few things, but I think um, taking the risk of not going to school and and deciding to t- like take the leap into being a musician has made me a stronger human being. Not a, not even a musician, just a human being. Just knowing that you can take a risk and it'll pay off is a really important thing. It's a leap that a lot of people I feel like are too afraid to take. And kind of skewing from the norm was something that I was really, really afraid to do uh, my whole life. And, and finally doing that proved to me that I can, that I have my own worth without a college degree um, or a consistently paying job. And finding like my kind of self-worth in that experience was really rewarding and really important for me as like, as like a developing person. But I love that. That's so true. And I think people are so scared to take those risks now because there is so much external pressure and internal pressure like oh yeah i mean just endless kind of expectation especially like yeah people in the early 20s and late teens and late 20s just do the pressure to like have a job and and make money and like the cost of living is high everywhere and it's it's mm-hmm. scary and like it's really scary and i get i totally understand it. i would never knock someone for taking the traditional route but it just i just think the courage isn't having courage is important and, and doing what you know you want to do is important and like standing up for your dreams yeah, definitely. Do you believe everything happens for a reason? I do. I do believe everything happens for a reason. I think I never had a plan B for myself. Um, and I think that every failure I have or anyone has will lead them to where they need to be. Um, I just believe that. I'm not incredibly religious, so I like to believe in some kind of like some kind of like predefined destiny or just something to believe yeah. in is important. Especially oh, agreed. I don't know. Everyone's becomes everyone becomes so cynical, and like I get so cynical, and just like waking up every morning, and be like, I know there's a reason that I'm going through. What I'm going through right now is is nice because I it makes the struggle and the, and the pain of of some things worth worth wait. Definitely. What's your birth? When's your birthday? I'm January first, 1997. Oh wow! So you're born on born on New day. Year's. Yeah, yeah, it sucks because everyone's hungover on my birthday, <laughs> and no one's ever counting down to Noah's birthday. So it's so tough. are you Capricorn? Capricorn, yeah. Cool. Okay. I'm is that good? I don't. I don't know anything about star signs. Honestly, I don't know much, but 
it's something to believe in. You know? Yeah, of course. And I, yeah, I should get more into star signs. I I love astrology, but I don't know much about Capricorns. I'm a Capricorn moon, so. What's your wait? So what's your star sign? I'm a Virgo, so that March? makes out. No, September twenty first. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Twenty first night of September. I believe I believe in that shit because like everyone says Scorpios are like really hardcore people and like my yeah. brother's a Scorpio. And yeah, he's my like mom all over the place. My mom's like so yeah, and then Virgos are super like hard on themselves and um like perfectionists and hi. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Word. Okay, I got I got to get into star signs for sure. Yeah, it's it's a cool thing to believe in. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? I would like to know if I'm making the right choices and like if what I'm doing right now and the things I've done and the decisions I've made have been part of the plan that was made for me and I, and if it's going to lead me to like happiness eventually because a lot of times, especially in, in like a career in music and like a career in the creative arts, like you just do so much grinding and you don't know if it's going to pay off and I just want to know that there's a payoff. I would really love to know because it's like I just want to make sure this – the shit I'm going through is, is worth the wait. Yeah. Uh, so that was, I would ask if, uh, if I'm going to like be successful in the future. And also if I'm going to get a nose job eventually, <laughs> cause I just like, I've just been thinking about it and I don't want to make the decision for myself. So the crystal ball could tell me that would be really nice. <laughs> be like, That's funny. But, but don't you feel like the crystal ball would, you would like kind of in the back of your head note that it was like, yes, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I think I don't know. There's a part of me that like wouldn't want to ask, but I I think I don't know. I like to believe it's all gonna be okay, but it'd be nice to just have some like yeah, sec- some job security would be great. Yep. No, I feel that completely. What do you love most about yourself? I think I, I like I think I like my ability to, to talk to anyone. Your I love. I have your a love. good I have a good ability to like like I don't know get along with people and and uh, I I don't know. I've always been able to connect make connections with people like in a short amount of time and that's something that i really cherish and think is it's a great quality yeah i think i think it's nice i like that i like that about myself and you love it about yourself i love it about myself <laughs> and i don't think about things i love about myself a lot but that is that is one thing i do care about like being able to connect with people yeah no i mean it's a great quality because it's how i don't know that's what thank you for connecting with me because absolutely no thank you so much for being because it helps me in this case for sure and last question name of the podcast how do you find solace in the city or in Vermont or LA or Amsterdam? Or? Um, I find solace in the city by uh, allowing myself to be afraid of it and giving it time to kind of be the place it needs to be for me. What like just experiencing it for its ups and downs and uh, the craziness of New York and the kind of the strangeness of it and kind of trying to take it all in as it is instead of trying to make it what I want it to be. Love that. What's your very like, abstract answer. I'm sorry. That was a no, very no. hard question to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't found much solace here. Honestly, like I saw a dude on the subway, like throw up last night. So it was super oh gross. My God, that's literally my nightmare. I'm constantly anxious and scared, but <laughs> I'm working on it. But some, I feel like sometimes though there's, you know, you like pass by something like central park or walk by, a cool place in the East Village. You're like, yeah, that's pretty cool. It's crazy. It's like ups. It's totally like it's opposite. It's like I'll walk. <laughs> no, it's like I'll, I'll see like something awful, like disgusting and terrible. And then I'll see like some like really nice person in the street, like do something nice for somebody else. And it's like, oh shit. There's like no in between. It's yeah. either like Up horrible or great. It's, it's very bipolar, but I kind of like that. And it's, it's always like unique and exciting. Amazing. 
Okay, well, I have these amazing microphones, which I am very excited about. And I would love if you could sing something because I want to take advantage of these microphones. Absolutely. Yeah, I will. I'm super nasally right now, but I will try to do my best and sing. I'm sure you'll be great. Allie, what what song should he sing? Oh yeah, what's your favorite of your own songs? Um, that's a good question. Damn. I like sh- should be something that's out. Ooh. I could play. I, I've been like I like to sometimes I like to just play stuff I'm just like writing at the moment. Ooh, do that. But if that's like not what do people want, then I won't do that. Um, do what you want. Cool. I'll play a little song about mental health that I've been <gasps> writing. Oh my gosh, uh, that's awesome. It's called The Troubled Mind. I've just been working on it. It's not done yet, and I can't sing some of the parts because it's super high, but I'll try my best. So oh, like I'm so excited here. Okay, how does this work? Yeah, I can just grab the guitar. All right. Told you, love, if you could see it from my eyes. You'd understand my fear of everything inside I know that lately I've been trying hard to find To fix my troubled mind My brain's a dog asleep that I cannot let lie Cloudy head but I can't find a single silver line And guess there is no hope for me inside To fix this troubled mind I worry for the sun, yes, I worry for the snow I worry I'll die young, oh, I worry I'll grow old I worry for the time I spent worrying alone It makes me sad It takes me back I break in half I took a bus out to the city where you live Eavesdropped on strangers' conversations with their kids And hoped that maybe they'd say something relevant To ease my troubled head With every mile the past just amplified my fear I started counting all the times I saw you last year And suddenly it all became so clear It was sadly making sense I worry for the sun, yes, I worry for the snow I worry I'll die young, well, I worry I'll grow old Oh, I worry for the time I spend worrying alone It makes me sad It takes me back I break in half I worry for the sun, oh, I worry for the snow I worry I'll die young, oh, I worry I'll grow old Oh, I worry for the time I spend worrying alone It makes me sad It takes me back I break in half I break in half I break in half Told you love if you could see it from my eyes 
You'd understand my fear of everything inside and all I quickly sell my heart for some advice on how to ease a troubled mind. That is so beautiful. Thank oh my gosh. Wow, that is so cool to see. But thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. It means a lot. When do you think that will like be out? And also, I, how can you like? Where can all my listeners listen to you, find you, support you, plug you, hear you, see you? Um, you can find my music on Spotify or on Apple Music or you still have SoundCloud, YouTube. I do still have SoundCloud. Uh, yeah, OG. I deleted. All, I had to delete all the old SoundCloud shit that I put out back oh, in yeah, the day. Now it's really famous. Um, but you can uh, you can find me on SoundCloud. Apple Music, YouTube, Spotify, and Instagram, Twitter at NoahCon Music, uh, and that song I've I've never played that live before, so that was the first time I've ever played it like in its entirety. So I am so honored. Hopefully someday oh that'll come God. out, but and it'll be on. You guys are the first ever now. performance, so thank you so much for, for letting me play it for you. And, and oh my gosh, thank tonight. you for playing it. That was so beautiful, and I'm so excited for it to be out there. And um, yeah, thank you everyone, and hopefully you give me five stars for this episode because I did. I deserve it. <laughs> Give her five stars or you're just a piece of shit. Honestly, I'm sorry. <laughs> Honestly. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs>